Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of First Chronicles, chapter 15. Here's Pastor Ryan. Turn with me in your Bibles to... First uh, Chronicles uh, chapter 15. That's First Chronicles chapter 15. And Father, we come before you again this evening with thanksgiving and praise for who you are, Lord. You're the one true God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Moses. Lord, you made the heavens and the earth, the mountains that surround us, the beautiful sky and the stars that are out now and coming out. Lord, we ask that you would bless this time as we study your word. Give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear what your spirit would say to us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. So here in First Chronicles 15, as you know, the Lord has been establishing the kingdom for King David. King David um, has had the desire to bring the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, the capital city. And we know that the Ark of the Covenant was that amazing holy box that the Israelites created at God's um, command. It was a box made out of acacia wood, and it was um, overlaid in gold, it had, a, it had the mercy seat on top of it. It had the two cherubim angels on top of it, gold as well, that faced one another, their, angel, their wings would touch. But the Ark of the Covenant was, you know, it represented the presence of God amongst the Israelites. And isn't that just a, a beautiful, you know, way God led them through the wilderness to the promised land with this Ark of the Covenant so that they would know that God's real presence was with them. And we know that the Ark of the Covenant was um, a picture of God's mercy. It was a picture of the cross, redemption, because a high priest would take a sacrificial animal and take some of that blood and sprinkle it on the mercy seat on behalf of the sins of the people once a year. And so it spoke of the future cross of Jesus Christ. It spoke of our redemption. It also spoke of the throne room of the Lord. You know, the, the cherubim upon his throne and, and, uh, or behind his throne and God being there. So it's a very holy and wonderful object, spoke of God's presence. And, and David wanted the nation to be blessed with the reality of God's presence upon the nation upon his kingdom. And we should all desire that for our lives. We should desire God's presence in our lives, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our relationships, in our home. That should be the priority. It's as if King David knew in order for us to be successful as a nation, him to be successful as a king, God's presence had to be with them. And it's the same tonight. God's presence needs to be in our home. And we do that. How do we? We do that through prayer, through worship, 
calling upon God in our homes, worshiping him in our homes, meditating on his word, even from our beds, the Bible says to do so, throughout our home, making sure that his name is glorified, making sure that there's holiness and purity in our homes. God, help that to be so that God's presence is with us. Then we can be fully assured that we're going to be blessed. And he wanted this blessing, and we know that two chapters earlier, in chapter 13, he attempted to bring the ark prior. And it didn't work out too well, as you know. Uzzah. He was one of the handlers as they went, th- went to bring the ark. Uzzah was one of the handlers who, as the cart was being pulled, that carried the ark by two oxen. The oxen stumbled and Uzzah put his hand out just to prevent it from falling. And, and God wiped him out. God killed him. And David was upset, the Bible says, and he became afraid of God and said, who can bring up the ark of the Lord? said that he was angry. So David didn't understand why God did that. But in this chapter, there's a do-over. And we realize that David now understands what the problem was. The problem was, David, that when you guys went to bring the ark to Jerusalem, you simply made a, a new cart out of wood, put it on top of it, and used two oxen to pull it. That's what the Philistines did with the ark. And they were covered in boils and God judged them. In other words, King David you know, ordered the, the ark to be moved in a way that was not prescribed by God. That's, that represents the throne room of the Lord. The cross of Jesus Christ. It can't be pulled by some cart you guys put together. The scriptures were clear that whenever they were to transport the cart, it had to be the Levites, the priests, guys. Guys that were called to move it. They were to move it and not place it on some cart they, they built and not have oxen pull the thing like you're just pulling a basin of water or something. That's the Ark of the Covenant, man. The Ten Commandments are in that box. It was a lack of obedience to God's word that God struck Uzzah and the interesting thing is is that David was praising the Lord dancing with all of his heart he was praising God before the ark and we learn that though he was praising the Lord they were in disobedience in what they were doing but yet he was praising the Lord and we understand that it is better to obey the Lord than to give him the sacrifices of praise. Can I get an amen to that? It is better to obey his word than to even praise and sing songs and dance to the Lord. And I wonder, I mean, it's, it's a, this thing about God being such a God of order and him being a king and the authority of God being so important I think as we get closer to going to heaven, because we're living in the last days, Jesus can come back for his church at any moment. We should really be conscious of the reality that we are going to be before our king. And it's like if there's anything we're going to learn in heaven right away is, oh my goodness, there is order in this kingdom and Jesus is the king. And what he says in his word is so important that we need to follow it. 
And I believe that in, in these days, we need to be careful because there are many people, even within the church, who feel they are being obedient to the Lord, but they really aren't being obedient to the Lord. And as a pastor, you know, part of the calling is to help, obviously, people on their spiritual journey. And there's a couple fundamental Christian things, characteristics, that all Christians should be doing as some proof that they are walking right with the Lord, right? They're going to have a love for God, number one. They're going to have a love for others. They're going to be in fellowship. They're going to study his word. They're going, to be in, they're going to be those who pray. Those are basic fun. And so whenever we deal with, with helping people, it's, we kind of look for these signs, these characteristics that they're obedient. But there are many today that are, I believe, deceiving themselves and thinking they're obedient, but they're not. Christians and even pastors, I believe, who have not returned to their churches. Do you know that there are many churches that still have not opened up? Many pastors who have not opened up their churches. And some pastors are connected to denominations, kind of church bureaucracies, where the church, you know, they, you know, they, they have a hierarchy that, that really controls the pastor. And, and, and thus, they have to do what, what the hierarchy says. If the hierarchy says, don't open the churches, then the pastors are stuck to not open their churches. And I heard stories yesterday at... Kay's Memorial, where a pastor who was not allowed by his denomination to open his church, but was grateful that his congregants were going to a Calvary chapel who had opened their church. Because even he knew it was wrong, but he could not open it. So, you know, he's not in the bad, obviously, but there's those who could make the decision and they haven't gotten back to church. And Christians also. I ran into a person, but this person used to fellowship with us and I was really concerned. We ran into each other. I said, my heart is just that, that you are fellowshipping somewhere. It doesn't have to be here. But my heart is that you're fellowshipping somewhere. And right away they said, yes, I am, Pastor. And I said, good, that's awesome. And we continued speaking about other things. And right before I jammed, that person said, I am fellowshipping, Pastor, with him. As They felt bad because... They told me they were fellowshipping. And they felt they had to clarify before I walked away by saying, Pastor, I am fellowshipping with him. And like, that's what counts, right? Listen, fellowshipping with him is just part of it. But he calls us to fellowship with one another. The Bible says that we are members of the body of Christ. We are members of one another. And that as the body of Christ, as we interact within the church, when everyone does its, their share, when every joint supplies their share, it causes growth to the body. How can we not be a part of the bride of Christ? How can we stay apart from one another? Satan is a wolf who has been wanting to divide the church since its inception. Hebrews 10, 23, 24, the most quoted verse in these times I think and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some 
but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. approaching. Colossians 3.16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So the Bible's clear that our strength that our, comes in our unity. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, the Bible says, Psalm 133. And us coming together makes us so strong. And this is why Jesus commanded it. He commanded his church to come together. So no matter what they're saying out there, we have to find a way to obey that. And not deceive ourselves to think, you know what? Yeah, but this is all going on and it's just temporary. And it was supposed to be two weeks. And we are not ignorant of of Satan's devices. David was praising the Lord, not knowing that he was in disobedience. And I know there's a lot of people out there, I read my Bible, I'm at home, I'm, I'm, yeah, but you're not coming together. You're not coming near, but I'm watching you on the the YouTube. Yeah, but conversations, breaking bread together, that's how we get strengthened in our walk with the Lord. To interact, to speak, literally speak to your pastor. Speak to the leaders here. Speak to your brothers and sisters here to encourage one another. That's obedience. That's part of obedience. Don't allow the enemy or this world to pull you from something so amazing. And then there's, you know, the the other side of doing, you know, religious type deal, like outward acts of religiosity, but not really obeying the Lord. Then there's the other crowd that they actually come to church. They obey the Lord in coming together coming to church but at home there's no obedience to the word of God they're doing things that are not in order with God's word you see so there's that other crowd I do we do go to church but but then how many people don't have any respect for God's word in their home they don't honor the roles that God has given them Doesn't his word say that in our homes there's roles to be honored and obeyed? Husbands have to lead their wives spiritually, right? That's one role, right? Husbands. Bible says that Christ is the head of every man and man is the head of every woman. How many men say they're Christians, but they're not leading their wives and loving them like Christ loved the church? There's no leading in prayer. I'm glad that David shows us that he's able to have a do-over. I think a lot of us are happy that God gives do-overs, right? Where we come to church and praise him, but at home we neglect our responsibility as men. Or, or, or my sisters, as moms, as wives. Neglecting that role of uh, being helpmate to your spouse. Helpmate. Allowing him to lead. Not trying to take the lead, but allowing your husband to lead in respecting him. Or kids, their roles, to honor mother and father. There's some kids who have taken the role of parenting, and parents have allowed their kids to be the parents in their home. Parents who praise Jesus in the sanctuary, but when, they're, when they tell their kids not to do something, the kids don't respect their no's, and the kids don't respect their yeses. They've handed over the authority to the kids. God sees these things, and 
to us, you may be praising him. You may be, you may be singing to him and dancing to him. You may be giving your tithe to him. But at home, you're not running things the way his word specifically says they are to be run. In 1 Samuel, very famous verse in chapter 15, verses 22 through 23, it says, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as inequity and idolatry. With God, he cares more about our obedience than he does our sacrifices, than he does our religious activities. Guys, what, what blesses Jesus more, and he said this, if you love me, keep my commandments. And, oh Lord, help us tonight to keep his commandments in our home, in our church, everywhere. Verse 1 tells us that David built houses for himself in the city of David, and he prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched a tent for it. Then David said, No one may carry the ark of God but the Levites, for the Lord has chosen them to carry the ark of God and to minister before him forever. What a change here, right? David, is, he still has a heart to make God the, the center of the capital, to bring the ark. But this time he's going to honor God's word in doing it. When Uzzah was struck down, we read that David was angry. He didn't understand why God did that until later. And oftentimes when God does chastening or God does some removing in, in a particular way in our life, it's not easy. It's hard. We don't understand why God is removing this or taking that away or something that we really, really loved away. But yet we can still, as God gives us many, many chances, we as believers, shouldn't we also be long-suffering with God and to trust Him even when we don't understand why He's doing certain things, why certain things are being allowed to be taken away out of our lives? to trust him, and, and David did just that. He didn't get bitter and say, that's it, I'll never try to bring the ark again. He, he, th there's redemption, and, 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 and it's beautiful here. And so we too can trust in God and wait on him, as the psalmist says to his soul. Wait on God, be still, wait on him, trust in him. Still hope in the Lord. He's got a good plan for you. If something has been taken from you, something has been hurtfully taken from you, just trust the Lord still. Don't give up. You will see the beauty in it afterwards. But here he says, hey, no one may carry the ark but the Levites. And so we see here that God said it was only the Levites that were to carry the ark. Well, why them? Why, why the Levites, of all people? Some might say, oh, well, you know, why is God exclusive just, why is this job exclusive just for them? The answer to that is because God said so. He knows better than all of us. We know this, that he chooses everyone because of his grace, right? So even the Levites 
they, they were chosen to do this very holy and privileged job of carrying the ark by God's grace. Undeserved, unmerited favor. God chose them, but he chose them for his reasons. And whoever God chooses a certain particular calling, his grace will be sufficient for them to do that job. He will equip them to get it done. But we have to understand that God does have exclusive callings for particular people. Amen? And those that he calls, he prepares for the job. All of us in this room, everyone who has given their heart to Jesus Christ, were part of the body of Christ. And when Jesus ascended into heaven, he distributed gifts to all of us. Spiritual gifts. And all of us have spiritual gifts, but a, a, a lot of us aren't using them. We're not, they're not activated. We're not engaging the Lord in those areas when we need to really cry out to the Lord in these last days. And maybe tonight, Lord, stir up the gifts that are in me. You've saved me. You've given me a gift or various gifts. Lord, stir them up so that they're being used, they're being operated. And I think the best way to figure out what those gifts are is volunteering as soon as possible. And as you start moving, the gifts begin to be more and more evident, not only to ourselves, but to those around us. Wow, you're really good at cleaning windows or whatever. But that's what happens. You begin to recognize what you're good at spiritually. You ha we have to step out in faith, step out of the boat and walk on water like Peter. That's when the, the Holy Spirit moves. I believe the Holy Spirit empowers us when we step out and are willing to volunteer and get involved in things. And eventually, you know, I didn't start, I didn't roll, get saved and roll out of bed and up onto the pulpit. Say, wow, nah, it was, I was all over the place as he was preparing me. And the Levites, they were, you know, special in this in this the calling was special it was exclusive it was unique they weren't special but God's special and it was grace it's just the same with the calling of being a pastor he's the special one I'm a sheepdog you know sheepdogs they take care of the sheep but in Ephesians 4 11, 12 you know the verses it says and he himself gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body in Christ Jesus so he himself gave some exclusive there are some gifts that and we should. The Bible says desire the best gifts. There's nothing wrong with desiring. But we must desire the gifts in the light of obedience to God's will. Lord, I think this is pretty cool. But what do you say? I'll yield to your will. Like Paul the Apostle, you know, I'm pretty good at uh, communicating with my people, the Jews. And God's like, yeah, but no thanks. You're going to the Gentiles. And what did he say? Yes, sir. So it's always being flexible with God the Holy Spirit on what it is the calling is. But there are many. And David says, this is no, no one can touch the ark. Now he's like, it's like a definite answer. No one, don't touch it. Only the Levites can touch it. Why? So strict. So rigid, King David. No, he understands. It's a, it's a calling for these guys. Let them touch that only. And there's a reminder of we shouldn't try to force ourselves into roles that God has not called us to. 
to not try to force ourselves into a role that God has not called us to. The whole world out there, outside of this place, everyone's picking up whatever role, whatever gender, whatever marriage, whatever, whatever, right? That's the world. They, they do what they want. And Satan spins everything around. Whatever feels good to you out there, as long as you're not hurting anybody, choose whatever role you want. God's our king, king of a kingdom. And he is serious about not, not switching up roles, but for all of us knowing what our role is and then sticking to that role. But many forced roles, I've seen it. I, I, as a pastor, I've seen it. The calling of a, of a bishop, biblically, is of the Lord. It's of the Lord. It's not like it being an engineer. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolet Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Cherubim, above.